Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is the psychology of the self. And our opening thought is by St. Augustine, and it's as follows. Men go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. And before we go on, I'd like you to maybe comment on this. What, is, what does he mean by that? How, how should we wonder about ourselves? Well, there are many thoughts that uh, come to mind, uh, but one that um, strikes me is that uh, saying of the Delphic Oracle, Man, uh, know thyself, and thou shalt know the universe. In a sense, this uh, statement by St. Augustine is going in the reverse direction. And I think it's it's true that we do need to know the world. We do need to uh, understand the the planet and the, the divine life that's expressing through it. And that's been one of the great contributions of Western science. Yeah, that's... Um, we in the West are very outward observers, and this is the way it's supposed to be here in the West, whereas in the Orient, in the East, in Asia, the tendency is to look within. And But uh, in these images, it's interesting, uh, the, in the, in the images of the mountains and the seas and the rivers and the stars, we're really, I think, looking at aspects of ourselves. Um, these images, these uh, scenes are, are like symbols of different aspects of our own inner nature and our aspirations. For example, the mountains uh, inspire us to climb towards higher goals. Uh, They evoke our inner urge to strive upward and to reach to greater heights in whatever our life may be, our striving in our profession. The waves of the sea are like symbols of symbolic of our churning emotional nature, which is always moving and seldom is very still. And then the rivers recall our endless streams of thoughts, our mind, the mind principle, the busy mind, the mind stream, as uh, William James calls it. And um, then, of course, the stars, they tend to evoke a sense of wonder in us and uh, our origins and so uh, taken all together, um, even though we're outward looking, we're outward looking at nature, and we're observing nature, it's as if we're, we're studying the outer world around us, but maybe really what we're really looking at is looking at ourselves, because we uh, see within ourselves these 
same symbols, and it, it brings to mind how one we are with nature, and because we have these same elements, we're like a microcosm of all of these elements that we see in nature. And so uh, Augustine was uh, perhaps right in his wondering, but uh, I think we also um, secretly and inwardly we're really looking for ourselves, that inner self perhaps. You know, Kahlo Gibran, the famous poet, said that when we discover a, um, uh, a truth about ourselves, we should never say we've discovered the truth, only a truth. Mm-hmm. Why is it so difficult to discover who we are, who the I is? I'm not sure. It's it's a question that if we think too hard about it, it can drive us absolutely nuts. And yet the the self, the I, is at the very core of our being, while at the same time remaining, for most of us, masked and inaccessible. Uh, I think for ages the human being has tended to define himself in terms of his role and his duty, his role in life, his duty to the community, have kind of defined his sense of himself. But now, more and more with the development of um, a more acute sense of the human psyche, we have a sense that there's a layer, perhaps many layers, of um, a, a buried identity that we want to get at, and we don't know how. For some reason, the spiritual path, which is the path of self-knowing, self-awareness, sometimes seems to strike a kind of fear in some people, as if they might lose their sense of who they are, their sense of themselves. Perhaps they fear the uh, implication that it might change the way they see themselves or how others see them. Um, I, I'm not sure where it comes from. There's a book called The Perennial Philosophy by Aldous Huxley mm-hmm. in which he says that man's obsessive consciousness of and insistence on being a separate self is the final and greatest obstacle to uh, the knowledge of God. And I'm, I'm sure that's true. The hardened uh, shell around the self is what what uh, veils us from recognition of our divinity. Houston Smith, the um, the great uh, religious thinker and writer, said that everything I do for my private well-being adds another layer to my ego and insulates me from God. Um, and yet, if we don't have this sense of ourselves, we, we cannot know God. Just as the Delphic Oracle said, man, know thyself and thou shalt know the universe. Yeah, we're so oriented here in the West, especially to looking outwardly for for answers to everything. That it's it's very natural to um, to look outward for God and for our for our answers to who we are and all of that. But uh, as you say, the, the inner self, that I consciousness, is is what is so deeply buried. And uh, it's a matter of peeling away the those layers, like the layers of the uh, the onion, uh, until we get at the very core of ourselves. And maybe that's what you you say. Maybe that's what we're kind of afraid of of doing because we're going to have to let go or lose some of that uh, that outer shell. And perhaps some people are afraid of what they might see. And yet, if you believe that the human being is created in the image of God. Why should one be afraid of what one would discover at the very spiritual core of his being? 
but it is apparently a very different view of the self than uh, what we traditionally think of as constituting our humanity. Um, there's another writer, Heinrich Zimmer, who wrote about the philosophies of India, and he said that what we think we are, what we cherish about our character, what we think is most precious and distinctive about us, our talents, our virtues, our ideals, that is not our real self. It's enwrapped in uh, layers upon layers of the personality, and yet the real self is buried underneath all that. <clears throat> and as we've said before in our discussion, sometimes it takes a crisis to make one penetrate to this very hidden yet substantial core of being. I've noticed that people who have had uh, near-death experiences sometimes confront a being of uh, simplicity, of purity, of light, that they recognize instantaneously as themselves, as um, their higher components, so to speak. Even though it's so buried within most people, when they confront that, that essence through some kind of crisis, they recognize it, and they know it to be themselves. That must be incredibly joyful. It's too bad that we have to resort to a crisis in yes. order to explore the uh, the deeper level levels of self. What would you say that there is about crisis that uh, that really brings out uh, a knowledge of who we are? I think it destabilizes you enough to mm -hmm. uh, approach life in a new way. If we were smarter, we wouldn't need the crisis. We wouldn't need the blow on the side of the head uh, to make us take a new approach to life. Uh, but often it, it's the confrontation with uh, our impending death or with a deep, profound crisis that makes us realize that our habitual ways of thinking of ourselves and thinking of others are not sufficient. Um, but there is another way that you can develop this sense of the true inner self, and it's through spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always take a, a disaster. You know, uh, the last century I think of as the the age of psychology because mankind really got into uh, examining the depths of the psyche. Does, mo does modern psychology, does it really have an insight into the true nature of self? I think it's getting there. Psychology, as far as I understand it, is a very new developing science. Uh, it's only about a century old, I think, really. Um, so it's, it's developing, but... Um, one of the one of the contributions of psychology has been the recognition of the duality of the self, that there is um, an outer being, uh, what we know as the personality, with its talents, its attributes, its shortcomings, and so on. And then psychology has recognized an, a more hidden component. For a long time, this hidden aspect of the self was, was uh, seen as... Uh, uh, a kind of a subconscious factor. Freud uh, said that uh, this subconscious aspect to ourselves was conditioned by sexuality. Then uh, Carl Jung came along and said it was conditioned by um, the past, by um, various uh, buried factors, events, uh, traumas in the unconscious. And more recently, psychologists like Roberto Asagioli have seen this other um, subjective component as a higher self. Yes, and it's this higher self, the recognition of the higher self, uh, 
that I think is um, really getting back to the core of what a human being is. And that has not really been recognized or given enough weight or value. Uh, and it's it's a new kind of approach to, um, to the whole uh, um, science of psychology and psychotherapy. And uh, the... Um, the psychology that uh, Arthur Gioli uh, discovered or, or prof- promoted, promoted mm-hmm. <laughs> was a, called psychosynthesis. And uh, psychosynthesis is uh, essentially, um, well, it's, it's concerned with the synthesis of the separate and the separative elements of the psyche. Bringing them all together, Bringing you mean? Bringing them together and... Uh, because um, basic to psychosynthesis is the recognition of the central core of the self and the persisting the I consciousness as distinct from the changing uh, uh, the uh, physical and the emotional and the mental states that uh, we're also familiar with. So it's it's distinguishing the difference between these emotional states and physical sensations and the real core of the I-self, the I-consciousness. Which you seem to be saying, Asajoli said, was more stable? It's the really what we are in our basic core self. It represents, it's the basic, contains the basic principle of will, or of love, and of, of light, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is uh, what must eventually come through. And if we can strip away all of the outer uh, layers of the onion, we get to that core. I think there's something very liberating in the thought that we have this inner core of of stability because with the pressures of modern life, many people feel so stressed and so um, tentative and maybe vulnerable in the uh, face of the onslaughts of modern life. We don't know if we can stand up to all the... Uh, slings and arrows that life might bring our way. And this thought that you've mentioned that there is this stable inner core, I find very reassuring. The the problem is how to have access to it. Um, did Asa Jolie tell us how to find it? Oh, yes. There are. He, he did lay out some uh, exercises and some um, things that we can do to to help identify and perhaps we can go into that uh, a little later on in, in the program when we have more time, But uh, because it is kind of extensive, and it's very interesting, some exercises that we can everybody can do in their daily life. And so there are ways that we can discover this sense of self. And for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is, if you haven't guessed it, <laughs> the psychology of the self. And... Inner Sight is sponsored by Lucis Trust, uh, and the, every discussion that we have is based on uh, the, the literature written by Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and she wrote 24 volumes of literature. And this particular discussion that we're having today on the psychology of the self emanates from primarily from one of her books called Esoteric Psychology. And by the way, if you want to order Esoteric Psychology, if you'd like that book, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. Once again, that's 
695-8247. And for those people who have been listening for a long time, and if we've stimulated your interest and you'd like to purchase all 24 volumes of the Alice Bally book, you can call our number, our toll-free number again, and you'll get a 10% discount if you order all 24 volumes of the Alice Bally books. Uh, an easy way to remember that number is one eight six six ny lucis L-U-C-I-S. Uh, think of one eight six six new york lucis Our website, www.lucistrust.org. And our email is newyork at lucistrust.org. And remember that the work, uh, that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations, and so we, we welcome your donations as a means of keeping us on the air. Uh, I'd like to return to our discussion at this point, and uh, can you think of some images or metaphors that would that would help us to understand the self, because the self is, is so complicated to understand. A lot of people will say mm-hmm. their name. When you ask them who yeah. they are, they'll say, well, my name is Robert Anderson, and, and certainly we have many layers to us. There's um, one image or metaphor is given to us in the Upanishads, the um, uh, ancient Hindu uh, texts, uh, and it's the image of the chariot and the charioteer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the physical body is the chariot, we could say. The road that that chariot is traveling is the uh, the metaphor for the sense objects, the things uh, that we perceive uh, around us. The horses that uh, pull the chariot might be our senses themselves. And the reins of the chariot are the uh, component of the mind, the directing principle. The driver is the uh, the wielder of the reins, the determining decision maker for which way the, the reins will drive the chariot. And behind all of that, or above all of that, is the master of the chariot, which is in full authority of where it's going but never lifts a finger. And I find that 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 aspect of um, the higher self, the soul, which is aware of all that's going on in the world, the road we're traveling, the objects that we're perceiving and all, but never lifts a finger, never gets involved in the actual hands-on aspect of living. I find that image of uh, the chariot kind of meaningful. I don't know if Dale has other uh, well, examples. Yeah, there is another uh, metaphor that's a little closer to today, um, and that's the, the, the idea of a a movie projector. Uh, in the movie projector, we have a very bright light that shines its light onto the screen, and it projects its light onto the screen. And so here we have a, a, an, an analogy, if you will, of uh, the higher self being the like the bulb, the very intense bulb in in the movie projector, projecting itself actually onto the movie screen, the light beams, and the light on the screen would be likened to the low, the outer self, the the little self. And then, uh, of course, the, the film, as the film goes by and all the, the images that are projected on the screen, these are like all the outer trappings that uh, block the sh- showing of the light. That um, So we have three elements here, the higher self, the lower self, and all the 
the uh, sensations and the emotions and <clears throat> that are symbolic of the, the images on the screen. So that's one way of perhaps uh, a simple way. But it's interesting, the um, <clears throat> all of this is trying to identify the self. And as we said earlier, Asa Jolie has um, this psychologist who was living and working back in the 1930s and 40s and 50s. Um, he set up a exercises. Actually, it's a way of developing the powers of observation. Now, being the observer is one of the uh, keys elements in uh, uh, techniques of this kind, developing this capacity to observe. We, we observe the outer world very well, but we don't do so well as observing the inner world, our own inner psychology, our own inner psyche. So um, we have observers like, um, well, like Darwin was an observer, and he observed the changes taking place in the bird kingdoms, and from that he, he developed the theories of evolution. And Jane Goodall was an observer, and she observed, uh, most of her life she observed the chimpanzees, and she developed uh, a lot of <clears throat> information about life of chimpanzees. So we have to train ourselves to be observers of our inner aspects. And one of the... Um, one of the uh, exercises that uh, Asa Jolie uh, recommends is one called disidentification, and that is simply um, looking at our own reactions. Like uh, we 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 say, "I'm tired. I feel tired today." Well, you, the self, the inner self, is not what is tired. The body is tired, and um, so it's it's trying to make distinctions like that between the inner self, the inner core, and the outer uh, the outer senses, the outer sensations, the physical sensations. We are not our body. The um, the inner self is not the body, but it has a body. It uses the body. So there there is this uh, maybe a sense of we have a sense of ir irritation well try saying instead of I am irritated try saying there is in me a state of irritation so just try to observe such feelings as they pass through your emotional body without really judging them but observing them in a uh, dispassionate way so there are uh, um, exercises like that that are recommended by Asa Jolie. And you know, it's interesting because um, the modern science that's been uh, we've just begun to explore, quantum physics, says that the truly true reality is um, that we are all one. So that if if that's true, and of course uh, uh, the mystics and the uh, religious. Uh, People of the past have often said that, that we're all one, and science has finally caught up to that. But if that's so, why do we even need a self? What purpose does the self play in God's plan? I'm not sure. I think that question is one of the great mysteries of life. But there's a, a saying that's always fascinated me, that God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. 
And I wonder if that saying might uh, relate to the question you've just raised, why do we need a self? Maybe um, that suggests that the sense of identity, of being a self, uh, is the beginning of the presence of divinity in the world. For God to be present in his creation, he needs the help of humanity. As I understand it, humanity's role is to be the mind principle and the creative principle for our planet. Each kingdom, animal, vegetable, mineral, human, has a different function. And as I understand it, humanity is the creative kingdom that must cooperate with God's plan. For God to be present in the world, he needs to find in the human being the recognition of divine origin, of divine um, heritage. Uh, the, the very meaning of the word man is from Sanskrit, meaning thinking entity, one who thinks. And the French philosopher Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. He was right. That's the, the divine aspect of the human being, that we are capable of thinking and of perceiving ourselves as integrated entities. And this brings up uh, something that I think is interesting about the ego. Coming back to psychology, modern psychology views the ego as uh, uh, that which insulates us from others, gives us a sense of uh, authority and perhaps of even of arrogance, of of uh, self-fulfillment. But the ageless wisdom views the ego as that aspect of ourselves which is organized and um, integrated. It's the soul, in other words. And that again suggests that we have to have this sense of being, which is identity. We can't just be a, an amorphous blob. That would be, what, a little cell, an amoeba. No, we're made in the image of God, and that's the way it's intended, but it's it's the definition of that image that uh, sometimes we don't understand. And um, psychology is and the ageless wisdom teachings are helping us to really identify what that true image is. It's, it's not this outer image that we, or the physical image so much, it's the, the inner spiritual image that uh, we haven't yet discovered fully. And all of us are in, in a, uh, one stage or another of awakening to this self. There, there are people who are extremely self-centered. They have a sense of themselves, but they're so centered in that recognition that they don't uh, really relate to others. That's a certain stage, the, the stage of being um, the sun around which all the planets revolve. Uh, but it's that very factor that helps mobilize the energies to go out toward that which it desires. So it's an evolutionary impulse. Even the, even the stage of being self-centered is a, a stage along the way in God's plan. The point that we have to reach is to develop the kind of sensitivity that makes us break out of the barricade of being a separated unit and to realize that our sense of self, of being alive, of being human, is shared with all others. We spend so much time trying to distinguish ourselves and identify ourselves as unique, irreplaceable, and of course we are unique in, in many ways, but we don't spend enough time trying to find our common ground. 
with our fellow men. I think that's where we find the true self. It's one. Well, I hope that uh, we've stimulated you to reach for the highest potential of your own existence and self-actualization. And This show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners, and we need and welcome your support. And In closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It's the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? 